Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, February 15th, 2021. It has been 122 days since the Tony <laughs> nominations were announced. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Everybody, I hope that you all had a wonderful and um, relaxing and loving Valentine's Day on Sunday, whether you got to spend it with a loved one or whether you were by yourself. Either way, I hope that you got some... Uh, uh, some relaxation and some some goodies to uh, to tide you over while we are still goodies. in quarantine. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, yeah. Anyway, um, we gave you a lovely gift in the podcast feed over the weekend as the great uh, playwright and book writer Ken Ludwig joined uh, Peter James and Michael on this week on Broadway. Of course, he is. The playwright behind such shows as Lend Me a Tenor and Moon Over Buffalo and uh, the comedy of tenors also wrote the book for Crazy for You and Tom Sawyer and stuff. So um, absolutely a delightful uh, uh, person to be on the show. I did not know this, but they talked about this. Uh, apparently, do you know what his fallback plan was if he his theater career didn't Ooh, take off, Ashley? I have no idea. Well, he has a uh, law degree from Harvard Law School, so that's his backup plan oh. if theater ever didn't go well for him. I think he did all right. I think he, yeah. I think he's pretty set at this point. Yeah. What? Like it's hard? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, nice. Solid. Uh, yeah. Solid. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so listen to that in the podcast feed. Of course, if you want to be a part of all of the This Week on Broadway uh, interviews where you can listen to them live and also contribute questions while they are being asked, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. Also, if you do that, you will be able to get episodes the night before they are released in the regular podcast feed. And that means our very next episode you will get tonight theoretically monday mm -hmm. uh because ashley you and i and grace yep. will be doing our next round table when we will be discussing the 1997 version of the rogers and hammerstein cinderella which aired on abc and starred brandy whitney houston and a whole host of other folks as we've talked about before and as many of you know it was recently added to the Disney Plus catalog. It, it was actually added on Friday. Very so we exciting. are all going to be watching that and talking about it on tomorrow's show. Um, I think I'm probably the only one who was old enough to actually re remember watching it when it was originally out. Um, mm, mm, I, you mm, you mm, might have mm, watched mm, it. Mm. Are you How old enough you? to remember watching it? Like I th You're old enough to have watched it. I but... had it on VHS. Okay. But not like Please. when it aired is what I mean. Well, yeah, that's very fair. Well, I don't yeah. know how I don't know when I saw it the first time is the problem because yeah. I would have been a baby, not a baby baby, but I was I would have been five when it came out. So yeah, I would not have been five when yeah. it came out. Uh, but I, <laughs> so I remember being excited about it for reasons that I will get into on tomorrow's Ooh, episode. Fun. But speaking of Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals, Ashley, let's get into the news because first up, on Friday, Deadline reported that Paramount had acquired the rights to the Rodgers and Hammerstein classic The King and I, and they intend to bring a new film version of the show to the big screen. However, it will not necessarily be in the way that we are used to seeing this classic musical. According to the report, quote, the studio believes this new adaptation brings a tremendous opportunity to reimagine this classic story with a contemporary perspective that explores diversity and the contrasting worldviews of the characters by drawing from real history and the musical. 
Now, Ashley, there have long been concerns over how the King and I portrays its Siamese and Asian characters and the inherent white savior complex baked into the historically semi-accurate plot. Um, And as time has gone on and society as a whole has become more aware of just how problematic these types of issues can be, there has been a lot of pushback against the show. Sure. However, many people, even those who take issues uh, with aspects of The King and I, still recognize that it's a beautifully written show. Of course. That allows for numerous effective and impactful performances. Um, so th- this show always kind of has a push and pull on both sides of that. And we've seen the concept of The King and I flipped on its head in Soft Power, which you and I have talked <laughs> about a lot. Yeah, yeah. So while I think that this could potentially do well, depending on how they approach it, I just don't know why we need this. Do so, make a I movie of soft power instead. Right. Oh, you know, especially so nice. yeah, especially in this modern entertainment landscape. Like, I get remaking old musicals. Like, I get the West Side Story, but this one just seems different to me than West Side Story. Even though they both obviously mm-hmm. um, have huge racial implications uh, in in the, at the center of their stories. That's the problem. Like. <sighs> I think, you know, obviously something can be great, something can be problematic, and both those things can be true simultaneously. As you said, like, this is, this is such a classic, beautiful show, but there is no denying that it doesn't hold up in 2021. Like, to perform it now, I mean, when was the last revival? It was four years ago, five years ago? I've lost track. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, but to perform it now, and especially after the conversation we had all of last year in terms of like racial equity on stage, and you know, that was specifically for black artists, but that, you know, the Asian community and Asian writers, actors don't get you know, barely any time on stage. Yeah. Uh, if you look Either at those. King numbers. and I or Miss Saigon. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. I don't understand why this is the time to do this now. And it's kind of, it's the same conversation that Grace and I had the other day as far as like, well, not the same conversation, but as far as like some like it hot and investing all those resources and talent to put that show on now when it's like another man in a dress kind of comedy or, you know, show. And, you know, why are we doing this now after all these conversations that we just had? Why is Hollywood doing this now after all the conversations we've had in the past year? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and the other similarity between Some Like It Hot and this new King and I film is that, mm. like, we've got them already. Like, believe it or not, right. there was there was a musical version of Some Like It Hot right, on right, Broadway right. called Sugar. It didn't do yeah. very well. But we've already done that. We have the these King and I film. Just, these stories exist. It, it not even like not even as like a direct adaptation or even like a tangential adaptation. But these aren't like <laughs> completely new stories to begin with. Yeah, it's uh, uh, again. I think that it can be done well. I, I'm not. I do too. I'm not completely dismissing the idea of a King and I remake because I think that there are probably some very smart. Uh, people who can take this classic story and turn it on its head. I completely think <laughs> that I, they can. 
And I hope they find literally all of them and not just like, here's a good director. Like, please bring in people to rework what they need to rework. Bring in all the actors you need. Bring in all the casting directors you need. Like, if you're going to do this, then I better see like all of the talent that is needed to bring this into 2021 or, you know, whenever it's going to actually be made, probably 2023 yeah. at this point. At uh, the earliest. Yeah. To, you know, to, to do right by it and to do right by the viewers. Yeah. And to do right by the people who have normally been, I don't know if I want to use the word injured, um, but, but I think that's probably appropriate. Sure, who have been sure. Who have been injured by productions of this show, especially in recent years. And again, I, I don't think that this is one of those shows maybe um, that we can't do anymore, um, but no. I think that it needs to have a very delicate and empathetic and understanding hand to to guide it. So I'm interested to see how this comes out, if it ever comes out, because as we know with movie musicals, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. It'll be John M. Chu as well. We'll be doing this in Wicked simultaneously. Yeah, would not surprise me Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. All right, Ashley, let's uh, take a break here for our sponsor this week. Our friends from BetterHelp are back. Obviously, we know that the, this time is a very difficult time. We're coming off of Valentine's Day. Oh, where not God. only have we been almost in a quarantine lockdown situation for nearly a year, but it's really lonely. Like people who don't have family, don't have friends, don't have loved ones to kind of be with them during this difficult time. It can be really troubling and really hard to get through it. Um, Plus like seasonal affective disorder and everything else that's going on right now. Mercury and retrograde, all of it. I don't know what that means. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why BetterHelp is so great, because if you get on BetterHelp, you can send a message to a certified licensed therapist and counselor at any time. You can send them messages via text. You can set up weekly video or phone sessions. You don't have to go out into the world where people are transmitting COVID still, even though (laughs) though things are going better. Um, And this is just a great way to be matched up with somebody who meets all of your therapeutic needs in an easy convenient way to do it and if you find somebody that eh, maybe we don't click it's completely free to change counselors as needed happens all the time happens all the time yeah another important thing you know as you said don't want to be going out in the world transmitting COVID around uh it's also a very expensive time right now being in a pandemic the great thing about BetterHelp is it's more affordable than those kind of traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available if you need it also, these services available for clients worldwide. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, especially if you like live in a rural community. Mm-hmm. I know where I grew up, there was nothing in terms of mental health services unless you intended to wait a couple months and when you have things like depression, stress, anxiety, trauma, grief, self-esteem issues, you don't want to wait that long. You want to be able to get that help right away. Anything you share is confidential. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and as I said, most importantly, affordable. (laughs) Yeah, that's good for everybody right now. Oh, God, yes. I want you to start living a happier life today. So as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at BetterHelp.com slash Broadway Radio. 
Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Broadway Radio. Okie dokie, Ashley. Let's get back into the news with an announcement that came out late last week from the Actors' Equity Association. AEA announced its commitment to pursue a new diversity, equity, and inclusion policy agenda through a legislative push in partnership with arts, entertainment, and media unions. Equity is working with nine other unions on this initiative, including SAG-AFTRA, IATSE, the Directors Guild, and more. The main four specific policy requests that the union in the unions uh, intend to to lobby for are passage of the Protecting the Right to Organize Act, passage of the Create a Respectful and Open World for Natural Hair Act, also known as Crown, increased federal arts funding, and federal tax incentives to encourage diverse hiring. Equity President Kate Schindel said in a statement, quote, from hair and costuming to casting and job access, issues of racism and white supremacy touch every facet of creating art. Our only path to true equity and inclusion is to champion it with a unified voice. As unions, we have committed with this new policy agenda to work together to affect change in our industry. It is long overdue. Now, on this show, we often give large theatrical organizations, whether it's the League or Equity or anybody else, a whole lot of crap for not backing up their talk with Mm. any sort of action Mm -hmm. when it comes to diversity or inclusion. Um, And I'm not ready to give Equity a gold star or anything just yet. But having a legitimate legislative plan that they can lobby on behalf of in partnership with a bunch of other unions is a heck of a lot better than just posting messages on social media. So, so far, I'm, I'm... appreciative of what equity is doing with this uh with this uh, this initiative i'm appreciative and optimistic i think it's really important that we're still having this conversation um that it didn't die out in during the summer which is yeah <laughs> what i expected to happen it's good to see you know nine ten months later from like i guess the apex of the black lives matter protest and calling out inequity in theater uh that we are still having this conversation and that organizations like SAG and IATC and Actors Equity are still saying we're we're trying to do something. There's going to have to still be conversations, and that means there are still going to have to be many more policy changes um, because we haven't even scratched the surface yet. But it's it's it is good to see. I'm I'm not giving them a gold star or anything yet either. But I you know. Good to see them put their money where their mouth is and actually be doing something to work towards some change and some equity. Yeah. And the thing about this is that that all of these initiatives, they're lobbying for outside help. I still think that there is a ton yeah. of internal housekeeping. Oh, that God. That's everybody what I'm saying. In, that's yeah, what I'm everybody saying. in the industry has to do that. Um, yeah. We haven't even – we haven't even – I guess that, that's why – what I said as far as we haven't even scratched the surface. Like a lot yeah. of organizations are like, well, what what can we get on the outside rather than kind of turning that lens inward? And I think a lot of, you know, reflection has been done, but so far it's kind of just been reflection rather than actual changes. Well, and 
I think, I hope, at least part of that is because there's no theater going on. So it's no, tough to make it's sure, sure. a ton of hiring and, and structural changes. I think there have been some at, at various places, and that's great. But hopefully when we actually start to see things getting back into production and, and organizations starting to work on shows and stuff like that, uh, full speed, even though they're doing a little now, um, we'll start to see more. But, Hold them to it. Yeah. That will be a very feel-good thing when and if that ever happens. Mm -hmm. So right now I've got a couple of real quick feel-good recommendations to end this Monday show with. Good segue. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> um, the first one is a new single released by uh, Broadway star Sophia Ann Caruso. It is called Goodbye. It is a song that is going to be on her forthcoming EP that will be released this spring, of course. Sophia Ann Caruso has appeared in a number of shows, including... Lazarus, which just streamed last month and and most notably in Beetlejuice. She was recently announced to be leading the uh, Paul Feig adaptation of The School for Good and Evil, um, which I think is going to be yeah. on Netflix. So yeah. watch out for that. You can hear that in the show notes. And then a group of alums from both Fosse and Chicago reunited um, virtually a, to pay tribute to star, director, choreographer, and Ryan King, um, who obviously we lost not too long ago at the age of 71. It's folks from the Broadway and National Touring Companies of both Fosse and Chicago, which she uh, choreographed both of those, um, and obviously appeared in uh, the original cast of this Chicago revival and co-directed uh, Fosse as well. It's interesting, actually, because I don't know a ton of the people in this video, like, you know, Chrissy Whitehead I'm familiar with and a few others, but it's just like that choreography, mm -hmm. like, you just know that's Fosse and by extension, right. and Ryan King. Right. Like, it's just like, it's so cool. And even these folks who like, it's cool because obviously, you know, Fosse especially was in like 99 or 98 or something. Mm -hmm. um, so all these people are like, they're in like, these little dance studios and little ho homes. Some of them are one guy's in the desert. It's just like so cool to see these people <laughs> around the world still doing this choreography um, because that's essentially what Anne was doing. Like Anne right, was exactly. continuing the legacy exactly. of Bob Fosse. And now these people are and continuing. And they're doing it one. now. Yeah. I love yeah. that. So we will have links for both of those as well as the rest of the stories in the show notes and on broadwayradio.com. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, don't forget to head over to Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. We had Ken Ludwig on This Week on Broadway yesterday or Sunday. Next Sunday, we will have the most produced playwright, living playwright, most produced living playwright in America, Lauren Gunderson, nice. uh, as the guest on the show. Um, very much looking forward to that. I think her shows are really, really funny yeah. and really, really interesting. Um, so looking forward to hearing that conversation. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday. Have a wonderful rest of your week. We will be back tomorrow with our roundtable on the 1997 Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. We'll talk to you then. Mm -hmm.